Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 254 of the Juice Box Podcast. In today's episode, I will be speaking with 19-year-old Caroline, who has had type 1 diabetes since she was 16 months old. This girl is absolutely one of a kind. The episode you're listening to today is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing4diabetes.com for more information. There are also links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. I don't want to give anything away from this episode, so there's no lead up to it at all. Just get in there and listen. While you're doing that, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. My name is Caroline Woolard. I've been a diabetic since I was 16 months old. I'm now 19 years old and I'm a freshman at Erskine College. I have been using the Omnipod since I was 12 and I've had a service dog for the past two years. And I'm seeing the service dog in your picture. What's, uh, is it him or her? Him. His name is Teddy. Teddy. Is he a golden retriever? He's a yellow lab. Oh, a yellow lab. Very nice. Yes. My picture is fuzzy. Where my understanding of dogs is fuzzy. It's one of the other. Picture's really small. No, it's me. Trust me. (laughs) Caroline's 16 months old. That's pretty crazy. So hold on. You're a freshman in college. I'm going to make you 19 in my head. So I'm going to say you were like a year and a half old when you were diagnosed. Yeah. Right? Look at me. Yes. Today is actually my 18th anniversary. Get out of here. Yeah. We've never done this before. There should be a sound effect. <laughs> There's no sound yeah. effect, Carolyn. I'm sorry. But but so this it's is right. literally the date that you Literally were... the date. Wow. Wait a minute. I don't know what to do about that. So let me figure <laughs> out the date. March 6th. Yes. We're recording this in 2019. And you were diagnosed what year? 2001. Wow. That's crazy. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I don't. I never know what to say about that. <laughs> Congratulating you seems like saying, "Hey, good job," not like you know falling apart. Yeah, I feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and and there's party that wants to go. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's been that long, and you yeah. don't really know how to answer something like that. But you're yeah. a person who celebrates the anniversary. Kind of. I've had friends who've been like, "Oh, we should celebrate." I never started until I was in high school, and it's just been like, "Oh, yay!" But nothing like I don't throw a party or anything like that. I hear you. I don't 100 percent know the day Arden was diagnosed, and sometimes my <laughs> wife will bring it up, and I say, "Is that today?" And, it, and she's <laughs> like, "Yeah." It's like I remember it being like in August or something. So, <laughs> um, well, good for you. That's that's really amazing. I want to go back to that time a little bit okay. and find out: Are you from a two-parent household? I am. Yes, I'm. I'm an identical twin, and my older sisters are identical twins, and I also have an older brother. Wow! And nobody else has it. Okay. Well, that's. See, you went right to the diabetes part. Here's the part I want to know. The yes. first time your parents tried to make a baby, did one baby come out or two babies come out? Two. Why would they ever do it again? Do you think? Do you th- <laughs> um, my mom really loves children. 
no kidding. Now, here you go. Yeah. The second time your mom and dad had a baby, one baby came out or two babies came out? One, but they thought it might be twins. Do you think they were like let down when they found out it wasn't twins? I don't think so. It was my, it was the boy and he's, um, he's a handful. So probably not. <laughs> Good thing they called him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so then they were like, we're going to do this one more time. Yes. Which, I mean, at this point though, hold on a second. Are you the first set of twins or the last set of twins? Last set of twins. Uh, so if they weren't like amorous and hardworking, you <laughs> You, you really would have been the end. Because trust me, if I was your parents, you wouldn't exist. <laughs> after the first time, I'd be like, hey, listen, we've obviously made a mistake. And uh, let, let's stop this. But, but this is very cool. So you have, they, have, uh, they get pregnant a third time. Yes. Have another set of twins. It's you and your sister? Yes. And you, both, your tw- both sets of twins in your family are identical? Yes. That's crazy. Does your dad mm-hmm. work like 29 hours a day? He would probably tell you that, yes. <laughs> Does he do that to make money to send you all to college or to avoid being around the house where there are five children, I wonder? It, it's probably probably a bit of both, honestly. What's, <laughs> but what? no, he's... I'm sure he's, he's a delightful but, man. If he's listening yes. to this, sir, you sound like you're a hardworking guy. So, so your first set, how much older is the first set than you? They're 11 years older than we are. Oh, my God. Your parents yes. are Catholic. <laughs> no? No. Are you yeah. Mormon? I don't understand. You're not Mormon, are you? No, we're Presbyterian. Presbyterians do this too? Unbelievable. <laughs> I had no idea. So, excellent. <laughs> For the record, I've assumed Presbyterians also have children. Uh, but, but that's <laughs> not what I was saying. Okay, so, wow. Let me wrap my head around this. So, you're a, you're a freshman in college. I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's possible that your older set of twin siblings have children of their own. No, they do not. Good for them. They learned their lesson growing up in your house is what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. right, right, okay. okay. But they could. They're old enough that they, they could, could have, yes. right? They're, um, all three of my older siblings are married. My older sisters are 30. So. Nice. Well, listen, it sounds like yeah. they're, they're, they're putting me first, which is something I, something I <laughs> wish I would have done in my life. So, okay. All right. So you're, you're diagnosed. There's no other diabetes out of the five of you or your parents right. or extended family anywhere? Right. Nope. Nobody. Wow, you really are just lucky, huh? Oh, what are the, by the way, do you know the odds of being an identical twin? Um, no, I do not. I know they're not not very big. Here's what I'm going to find out, and I will plug the information in later. And I never give myself work on the podcast, but today I'm going to. I'm not even <laughs> going to write it down because of my bad memory. Odds of being twins, identical. Odds of having type 1 diabetes, you might be like the ultimate bad lottery winner, Carol. Oh, yeah, I actually, I go to a diabetes camp um, every summer, and you would not imagine how many twins there are that are identical, and one of them's diabetic and the other one's not. Super interesting. Google tells me that for the average American, the chance of developing type 1 diabetes by age 70 is 1 in 100, or 1%. In the general population, identical twin pregnancies occur 0.45% of the time or once in every 250 births. Now, my common sense tells me that visiting dancingfordiabetes.com 100% of the time makes you happy. Finding them on Facebook or Instagram doubles that response. Do you think you're, and I won't ask you to put yourself in your sister's head too much, but do you think Mm -hmm. that she's feels guilty that you have it and she doesn't? Or do you think she's like secretly like, whew, I like dodged a bullet there. Like, do you, do you guys ever talk um, about that? I don't know. We never really talked about it. I hope she doesn't feel guilty. That kind of stink. And 
I mean, I'd hope she wouldn't be gloating about it, but I don't know. <laughs> Running around behind your back like, oh my God, I dodged such a bullet. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like I do wonder how much of that, of the idea of survivor's guilt might yeah. like, so, I don't know. Well, we'll figure well, that out later. I'm very happy that I'm the one who got it. Like I wouldn't want anybody else in my family to have it. Like I'm glad it was me and not them. So Why are you so nice? How were you brought <laughs> up? What happened? Oh, I don't know. I have a great mom. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. I mean, I guess she's got to be a great mom since your dad's yeah. never home because he's always working. So, but, no, but seriously, that's a really, a really wonderful thing to say that, you know, yeah. you're, you're glad it's not them. Yeah. I don't know how kind I would have been at your age if something like this was going on in my life and someone's like, do you wish it was your brother? I might be like, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> one of them, not the other one, but I would never say mm-hmm. which one. Yeah, no, she's a, um, she's actually a collegiate athlete, so... I would not wish that on her. No kidding. What sport? Um, cross country and track. Wow. That's a lot of running. It is. I don't have, I don't have the running gene. I start running and I'm immediately reminded I shouldn't be running. Yeah. I, I ran throughout middle school and high school, but I did not pursue that collegiately. I hear you. What are you going to school for? Um, I'm a biology and history major, but I'm going for, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a neonatologist. Oh, wow. I feel like we're going to learn a lot here, Caroline. Okay, let's <laughs> let's get started. Um, which parent had the um, the energy to take care of you when you were diagnosed? I guess is the question. Who did That's my to? my mom. She's a stay. She was a stay at home mom, so she took care of me. Okay. And do you remember what's your first memory mm-hmm. of diabetes? How old were you? Do you think? Um, I don't think I have a specific memory, but I um, our kitchen is like semi-connected to my parents' bedroom. And so I would always run and jump on the bed and stick out my leg and she would give me the shot right before dinner and then we'd walk in and have dinner. So that's kind of like my earliest diabetes memory. I mean, I have memories from like kindergarten. Where, um, when I was diagnosed, I went on like the ratio to where I had 45 carbs at breakfast, 45 at lunch, 45 at dinner, and that was it. And I had two shots a day. That stinks. Yeah. So I had like that regimen thing. And so I couldn't share my food and I would always want to because I like sharing things because I'm a twin. So I was, I had to share everything. Right. Um, and so it, and I also had to eat at certain times and it wasn't the same time that my class ate. So my mom would come to the classroom and bring me my lunch and make sure I didn't share it, Aww. but I ate all of it. <laughs> she would actually have to stop you from being kind to other people. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't be that kind. You couldn't do that. You know what? I'm interested about the design of your house. It makes me feel mm-hmm. like your parents realized that your mom was either going to be hungry from sex or from being pregnant, so they put the kitchen <laughs> near their bedroom. I can, don't know about that. Can you find out about that for me and get back to me later if that was a design? Maybe. Yeah, thank you. Maybe you're like yeah. nobody. I'm already <laughs> regretting doing this podcast. Um, I'm not. I am home alone, so I cannot ask them right now. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, okay, so you want to be a doctor. I That's yes, amazing. I do. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So what do you manage with nowadays? So you were doing ratios back then. And for people who yes. are listening to this, whose kids were diagnosed like five minutes ago, or, or, mm-hmm. or they were, they're like ratios. They used to give people, you know, like regular, is that what you were on, regular and MPH? Um, yes. Yeah. Like this older insulin that was sort of like a... I don't know how to put it exactly, but it just sort of gave you like a blanket of insulin all day. And so if you injected it at a certain time, ate at a certain time, ate a certain amount of food, that was pretty much the protocol. Um, when did you stop doing that? Do you know? I was 12. I was on the same ratio from when I was 16 months to when I was 12. Oh, my God. I'm, 
Oh my god! At at any point, did you become murderous and angry? Um, no, I really didn't. I was fine with it. Um, the only reason I went to the pump was because um, I was starting cross country. And it didn't bother me. That was just how my life was. I was hungry a lot. I ate a lot of celery. I ate a lot of celery. <laughs> wow, Caroline. Way to get the title of the episode right away. <laughs> I ate a lot of celery. Um, Caroline, I very frequently find myself interviewing people that I think, uh, these people are better than my kids. I wish I could switch them. So you, as hungry as you were, didn't rebel. You weren't like sneaking food. You just went with the program. Yeah, I did. Um, I would run laps around the house. Um, my mom is a, an amazing baker and she'd bake cookies all the time and so um one of her chocolate chip cookies is 15 carbs and i ran like five laps around the house and then i could eat a cookie or i would run up and down the steps or um, we got a mini trampoline for me if my blood sugar was high i could jump on the trampoline and i would do that if i wanted a cookie or something too so no joke you would go jump on a trampoline run around the house something to that effect and then we'll go to your mom and be like hey i've done my jumping where are the cookies yes, yes and I would. and that would keep everything within yeah. reason. Now, I, I do want to know if, if you know, and you might not, mm -hmm. what does in reason mean? Like what were your A1Cs? Like, you know, did you? Um, I've never had an A1C above seven, eight Jeez. in my entire life. Um, do you know about your variability? Cause I'm sure you're more aware of that now than you were then. Yes. Yeah, so I know when I was um, little and my mom was completely in control of me, I had A1Cs in the fives and my doctor told my mom that she was being too tight on me and that I should live my life a little bit. Um, <laughs> so Were you I, not? Or was that just his, his or I, her assumption? He, based I on think that was his assumption. Um, I, I love that doctor. I He moved to like Maine or something when I, right around the time I got my pump. Um, but yeah, he was funny. I loved him. Um, but so I, I loosened up a little bit. Um, around the time I hit puberty, I went, I had been in the sixes constantly mm -hmm. and I jumped up to around the sevens, mid sevens. And then I've been anywhere between seven, six and six, nine for the past five years or so. I don't want to be the one to break this to you, but if that doctor moved to Maine, he's either frozen to death or been killed by a caribou by now. So he's, um, he's no yeah. longer with us. I do write him. I do write him. So I know he's not frozen. Caroline, are you trying to be the best, most nicest person ever <laughs> to come on this podcast? Because you're no. so – we're not even 15 minutes into this. I mean, by the time I add, put the ads in, it'll be 15 minutes. But we're 15 <laughs> minutes into this, and you you are – hold on. Did not buck a system of food consumption that <laughs> did not sound fun. Had to exercise to eat a cookie, which, by the way, I'm thinking we should all exercise to eat a cookie. But just the point – I'm actually thinking now I had a cookie yesterday. Probably would have been a good idea to run up and down the steps once or twice before I did it. <laughs> you write your endo – He's so kind. No, 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 I'm not done listing your stuff yet. Hold <laughs> on a second. You would you're happy that you have diabetes and not the other people in your family. Yes. And and you've never have you ever murdered anybody and this is your repentance? Like this like what have you done? Name the worst thing you've ever done right now that you're willing to share with us. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. Um I Do you really know that 53 know. things just popped in my head that I've done? I was like, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even know where to begin to start. I once made a hall aide cry in high school. That's and that's like the least of the things I've done. There, just there's not one thing. Are you sure? I, I'm sure my siblings could tell you something. I know that would be their complaints about you. I'm saying something <laughs> that you've done, and then when it was over, you're like, "Wow, I regret that." 
I really don't know. Caroline, you're perfect. This no, is a wonderful no I'm not. Do you know that about yourself? Or is this, where do you live? Can you tell me like the state? Camden, South Carolina. Wow, the Southern thing. I get it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Extra nice. All right. All right. I don't know what to do with any of this information. You've fried my mind. So we're going to have to go back to the diabetes okay. stuff. Um, okay. Geez, seriously. So you went on a pump to run cross country. Yes. <laughs> you made me dizzy. Um, <laughs> how am I going to name this episode? I ate celery a lot. If you're going to end up like, all right, I'm going to have to give me a second. I'm going to put an ad okay. here. We use the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor in this house, and it's not just to stop a low, right? I don't just see it as an alarm. The Dexcom is really for us more to understand how the insulin's working in Arden's body and finding the exact right time and amount that she needs to keep blood sugars from spiking, falling too far. The information we get from Dexcom helps us stop meals from overpowering her insulin. It's really so much more than just a an alarm that goes off when your blood sugar gets too low. What I'm about to share with you are personal results and yours may vary, but my daughter's A1C has been between 5.2 and 6.2 for over five years now with absolutely no food restrictions. In my mind, a lot of the credit for that goes to the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. The trends that I'm able to see being able to decipher the impact insulin's having on some meals over others, this stuff is where the decision-making really happens. So yes, I love that the Dexcom will tell me if my daughter's blood sugar is getting too low or getting too high. I love that I can see her blood sugar while she's at school or with a friend. That's all terrific. But there's more there. You can use it for just those things, those surface ideas, which are still pretty amazing, or you can dig deeper and find some of the answers to the things that have been confusing you about type 1 diabetes. Hey, here's some exciting news for Walgreens customers. Dexcom is now in a partnership with Walgreens. So if you use the Walgreens Find Care or the Care Connect programs, you'll be able to get information right there about Dexcom CGM and an order form. Of course, I'd prefer if you went to dexcom.com forward slash juice box, but you know, whatever's easier for you. At 12 years old, at 12 years old, you switched to a pump to run cross-country. What made that seem necessary? Um, I just really, I went, like I said, I went to a diabetes camp earlier, and I fell in love with how the Omnipod worked. Um, it looked like a lot of freedom. And I had a senior member on the cross-country team who was on a Medtronic, and I saw how much easier it was than shots to handle. Mm -hmm. But I also saw that she had to disconnect before races and things, and I didn't want to be without insulin for a race because... Um, I get adrenaline rushes, so I knew I'd be high. Caroline, so. you're my favorite person. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> Look at you even doing the exercise right. Look at you. Uh, okay. So you so you saw the Omnipod at a, at a camp, like a camper was wearing it, or there was somebody there hawking it? Which was it? Um, camper was wearing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it, we had people there who we I actually got to do a trial Omnipod at camp. Oh, okay. Like you were the demo pod? Yes, which, I did. by the way, they're not calling it the demo pod anymore. What are they calling it? Hold on a second. Ready? Hold on. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. This is not an ad. I really want to know what this is. Hold on a second. <laughs> They're calling it the um, something, the P-E-K, the experience, pod experience kit. 
That's interesting. It's much more fancy of a box. The yes. Box, the box has a picture of the dash on it now, not of a PDA. Uh, um, wow. Okay, so the pot. So now you were a demo pod. Let's just. I did. Yeah, let's talk like old timey Omnipod or something. <laughs> yes. And you, just then and there, you were like, this is good. I like this. Yeah, so um, I'm really big on pro-cons list. My dad's an engineer, and so he's very practical. So I make pros and cons charts for everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made one for the Omnipod. And so it wasn't like then and there after camp that I started. It was a couple years later. And like I said, I was starting cross-country, and that was a big pro on that one. Yeah. So I would love to see your parents' pro-con list on the third time they had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Con, no more money. Yeah. <laughs> Con, have to find energy to have sex again because we have three kids. <laughs> I'm sorry if this is making you uncomfortable. It's okay. So you have a service dog. How long have you had a service dog? Um, about two years. And he is for your blood sugar? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. How do you yes. find that? Um, very interesting. I thought I knew what I was getting into. I really didn't at all. Um, having a dog with you 24-7 is really fun, but it's a lot of work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got him right before I went to college so that my parents would have peace of mind with me, like sleeping and because I tend to drop a lot in my sleep and Mm -hmm. I don't wake up to it because I've had diabetes for 18 years. I've just kind of become normalized with the symptoms and stuff Mm -hmm. and I can't tell as much when I drop low. Plus you're asleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I used to be able to wake myself up, no problem, and I can't really do that anymore. Wow. So one of your superpowers has gone away, Caroline. How's it feel <gasps> to be mortal? Hmm? Oh, I know. <laughs> um, so Teddy will wake me up in my sleep now. That is, and, and how frequently does that happen? Um, not as frequently anymore. I've kind of tweaked my basal rate a lot at night to where I don't drop as low. Um, but it's happened a good bit of times. Um, he pushed me out of bed one morning because I didn't get up because I didn't want to wake. I knew my alarm was going off in 10 minutes and I was like, I'm, I'm sleeping for 10 minutes. Like my blood sugar can wait. And he pushed me out of my bed and I was like, okay, I'll I'll check. (laughs) But um, one of my dogs does that, but it's because he's threatening to crap on the floor. If I don't take him (laughs) outside, it's not over anything medical or, or, um, altruistic like that. Um, how was that having a dog in a, are you in a dorm? I am. I am. I have a roommate. Okay. Yes. It's um it's interesting. Our I we have a bigger dorm. We have a corner room, like right by the kitchen, because of Teddy. We got priority on like the bigger sized dorms. Um it's still quite small, but it's it's really I don't think any much different than living with another person. Your roommate's I mean, pretty cool with it? Oh yeah, she loves Teddy. Oh, wow. There's so many pictures of like him sitting in her lap and things like that. Is this because she got a bigger room? You think she likes him, or you think she <laughs> likes him because because of him? Uh, probably because of him. He's mm. very fun loving. No kid. Okay, so yeah. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Arden's blood sugar. Um, mm-hmm. It's 11:22 here. It's about an hour since we bolused for her mm-hmm. for her lunch, and there's part of me that thinks. It needs going to need a little bump in a second, and part of me that's wants to go with it. So we had, um, let me try to sit, suss this out for you. Around eight forty-five a.m. This is her early lunch day. She eats at like we, we bolus at like ten twenty. Okay. But anyway, around eleven, uh, around eight forty-five, she was like drifting lower, and I'm like, this is going to get low. So we killed her basal for a half an hour, which held her blood mm-hmm. sugar at like eighty-nine. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for like from like nine o'clock, ten o'clock into going into like ten twenty when we bolused. But I could see her starting to drift back again the other way. Mm-hmm. So I did a temp basal increase of forty percent for an hour and a half, and then I think we bolused twelve and a half units. But instead of I needed to extend it a little bit, but instead of um, the way I, I normally would, if if her blood sugar was eighty nine, I would normally put in like half and then do the other half over an hour or something like that, or mm-hmm. you know something like that. But instead, I only put in thirty percent, but then I put the rest in over a half an hour because I thought with the deficit of the basil from eight forty five to nine forty five, I thought the food might end up getting a jump on her. She's got like a banana. Mm-hmm. She's got a banana, a half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a few chips. Grapes, a hard-boiled egg, something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Milano cookie or something like that in there, uh-huh. or some peaches. I don't know exactly. I can't, I can't remember anymore. But I, rem- I remember feeling like it was going to hit her pretty hard, fast. So uh-huh. anyway, at the moment, we're 106. Um, yeah, Yeah, it's been an hour. I think 106 is good. But if there's going to be a drift, in my experience, the drift is going to happen very soon. Okay. Does Teddy tell you when you're just when you're low, or does he tell you when you're high as well? He does high. He he does trends mainly, um, so he doesn't do. He kind of does. His range is eighty to one twenty, so he'll alert any time out of that range. Mm-hmm. But he'll also, if I'm dropping really quick or rising really quick, he'll alert me to that. Nice. He's got yeah. rise and fall alerts like the Dexcom. Yes, it's nice. Do you have a CGM? No, um, my pro con list was for a dog or for a Dexcom and dog one out. Because the dog was cute. Cute? Is that really what yes. happened? No, no. Um, the dog was less expensive. Um, he, I thought he would be more reliable, more long lasting. Um, honestly, I went to camp and I was not impressed with Dexcom. So, but I've heard great things. I honestly kind of think it's like north-south things because all the northerners that I've talked to love it. All the southerners don't. So I don't know what's up with that. Well, that's odd. That's just the trends I've noticed. I'm going to keep track of something like that. So you, so let, I'll break it down for a second. The people mm-hmm. that you've met from the north... Mainly have better work, better like results with the Dexcom. With, with a CGM, right? With a Dexcom, mm-hmm. right? Or, or a CGM. And, yeah. and in the south, they have less better, which I'm sure there's English involved in there somewhere mm-hmm. that I could have used, but, but <laughs> yeah. worse results with a CGM. Now, that, is what it, that doesn't make any sense. So let's try to break what that. I've noticed. I don't know if it's a temperature thing um, or something like that, but I that's just all I've noticed that's with super that. interesting. I liked listening to you talk about Teddy like he wasn't alive for a second. You're like, I thought he had more <laughs> longevity possibilities. That's, like, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> does, um do you feel any uh, sadness at all that you've made Teddy your slave? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Does he ever I look know. at you and go, I don't want to pay attention to your blood sugar today, Caroline. Please let I, me go. The amount that he sleeps, I do not feel bad at all. <laughs> you should see in my classroom, he just curls up under my desk and sleeps the whole day. That's I, I, he's, he's got it made, I think. It's tennis balls and sleep for him. So. How many years have you been with him? Two. How sustainable do you think it is through a lifetime? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen any changes in him so far. And the people that I do know that, um, like from his company that have them for a while, mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's good. Um, and this sounds like really morbid, but he has a 10 year warranty. Um, so <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds awful. But every time I say it, I don't want to say it. I but, hear what you're um, saying, but that's I, yeah. But you're yeah, getting the so, information out. I appreciate that. Yes. So he should be working for ten years. Um, it's his sense of smell, and that can go with age. Mm-hmm. So I would say ten years. Now, what about your lifetime? What do you think about that? Like, do you see yourself 30, 40, 50, 60 years old with a service dog? No. Okay. What do you think will change? Um, hopefully technology. Um, I've been hoping for cure since I was like 16 months. Uh, I remember in elementary school, I was told that it was 2008. And I remember they said in four years, there'll be a cure. And I was like, yes, 2012. Like I won't be a teenager and diabetic. And so that didn't work out obviously mm-hmm. and so i'm hoping that in the next decade technology will have advanced enough to where um i will be able to trust a cgm more or there'll be an like a bionic pancreas or something like that okay so that's so all that is really interesting so i i'll tell you that you know i i hope i don't bump people out but i don't live like there's going to be a cure i i hope for one and i genu- yeah. i genuinely hope for one um yeah. but my my kind of in the moment desire is for technology to continue to improve for insulin yes. to continue to improve that kind of yeah i i but, don't go day to day like oh there's gonna be a cure like i don't i don't really do that you don't but, think about it day to day you know, yeah. daily basis do you think your mom does um i don't know i remember my the first endocrinologist that i was talking about i remember him telling my mom that there won't be a cure in her lifetime but there might be in mine mm-hmm yeah, I so, I seem you know I it's funny I was having this conversation with somebody last night through uh, messaging, mm-hmm. and um, I don't remember them off the top of my head. But as a as a race, as a society, human beings haven't really cured many diseases. No, not really. Yeah, yeah. and so we've eradicated some things through vaccines. Yeah. But but we we haven't you know to to date yet we haven't been like oh remember you know remember cancer that yeah. that old chestnut that's gone. <laughs> Like, like, not only do um, do people not die from it anymore, they don't even get it. Like, that would be a cure, right? If no one ever got cancer again, we have cured mm-hmm. cancer somehow. Right. Um, same thing in you know with diabetes. If you're saying you're going to cure it, what you know, what does that mean to you? Does that mean that if mm-hmm. you're diagnosed with it, that someone gives you the diabetes pill and it goes away again? Does <laughs> it mean that people don't get diabetes anymore? Like, which, what does a cure mean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that probably means different things for different people. For me, I good. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um in my heart I know how Arden's health is using a glucose monitor, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the marriage of, you know, Arden's Omnipod with her Dexcom, which appears to be coming in the next year somehow, mm-hmm. right? I'm hope I'm thinking through tide pool first before you <laughs> before Omnipod even gets out their horizon system. Uh is my sort of hope. Um, uh-huh. if, if that marriage keeps her blood sugar from getting dangerously low overnight, uh, mm-hmm. creates a, a world where we can sleep a little more soundly uh, mm-hmm. for longer and her A1C stays in a, in a reasonable range, I'm going to take that as a win for now. Um, yeah. y- you know, and so, but it sounds like you want that too, but at the same time you were dissuaded from it, but were you only dissuaded from it because people you know from warm weather places don't <laughs> like it as much? Um, I have trust issues with technology a little bit. Now we're getting uh, ahead. Go ahead. The, fr- uh, the first time I got Omnipod, like the first couple of years, it wasn't a mini yet. 
and um, the old one had several quirks and I just I have their helpline memorized their phone number <laughs> just because calling so much with problems and I just didn't from the really old, from the old pods the bigger ones mm-hmm. and I still have problems with the mini ones not as many but what kind I of still pro- have to call them what kind of problems because I have problems with insulin pumps once in a while too and yeah. problems with CGMs too I expect that to be part of the game it sounds like yes. that's the part of the game you don't want to be involved with. I, I don't want to be involved with that okay. um <laughs> They would just stop working. Like I would just get alarms that they would stop working. It would just say pot expired like on day one. Um, it was really strange. Um, I've had some with the minis, like with sweaters that I've worn. The static electricity has killed them. Yeah, I, I, I see that. My best guess is once or twice a year, like you can get like a static pot. Yeah. Right, right. And so, I had it, good. Yeah, I, I've, I had one week. It happened twice. And I was just like, this is enough. Um. But yeah, I just don't like that. I would, if I'm using the technology, I'd appreciate it to work um, a lot of the time. And it, it works most of the time. And I would definitely prefer Omnipod than anything else. But. Okay. So now I would say, and I don't feel, um, hold on, I'm going to tell Arden to bolus. She's one, she's 112 now. People are like, okay. oh, shut up. You went from <laughs> 106 to 112 and you're like bolus. But I'm seeing, there's an, I have an inclination that something is happening here. So I'm just going to do a little, mm-hmm. little point six. Although I said six, so she'll be dead in a minute. Why don't I, why don't I send another one that says point six? Um, yeah, six, and she's she'll be gone in about. Oh, yeah. Now she's saying what? Bolus point six. Because I said bolus six, bolus point six, and then her her what? That what is so? It cuts right through me when it comes through text messages. I I oh. infer so much anger into what. <laughs> Which is unrealistic, by the way. She probably just means, wait, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. but, but anyway, so I would tell you that what Omnipod would tell you and have told me and other people mm-hmm. is that if you were around too much static electricity and that pod shut off, that is the pod working correctly because something mm-hmm. happened to affect its internal circuitry and it doesn't want to make a mistake giving you insulin. So it says, look, I've been compromised. We're going to stop yeah. this now. But I, what you mean if I can, if I can speak for you for a second, yeah. and you'll tell me if you're if I'm wrong, is you want technology that's seamless, and you just and <laughs> and, and, and you want it to work, and and you yeah. you've, I think that about most of the technology in my life, there are things I will not move up to until it just works. I don't want to spend time diagnosing things and that sort of thing. It is mm-hmm. only with the diabetes technology where I sort of add a little bit of air, and I say to myself, okay, the good outweighs the bad for me. But for you, the it didn't in the idea right. of getting a glucose monitor. So it's very important for people to do what is going to be, I mean, I think the best for them as far as their day-to-day life. Yes. Now, if you were, if you and Teddy were like rolling along and what's your A1C now, will you tell me? Um, 7.2, I believe. All right, cool. That's amazing. And so, but if you and Teddy were rolling along and your A1C was 10.2, would you go, <laughs> oh, geez, maybe I got to put up with technology. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so it's that you're finding success that that you're like, I don't need this thing right now. I'm doing fine right. without it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Do you have any idea about your... There's this thing that, you know, people who use glucose monitors talk about standard deviation all the time. Like how much, you know, yeah. how much difference is between my highs and my lows. Am I steady all day? Like if you have a 7.2, 
what does that mean? Like your blood, if your blood sugar was constantly stable, I guess it would be stable around 135 or 140 right. maybe, right? Yeah. But, um, but it's probably not I, like that. No, it's not. Okay. I know a bit about standard deviation. I have an app called My Sugar, mm-hmm. I believe. And, or, yeah, I think it's My Sugar. And I don't use it religiously just because I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not technologically savvy. I can't handle too much technology in one day. So um, I do know a little bit about standard deviation of the blood sugars and stuff. Um, I tend to go low quite a bit. Um, and if I am low, it's kind of like if Teddy doesn't catch it, it'll be quite severe. Um, I just I know I've been in the 20s three or four times since I've been in college, which is not not good. Um, but I don't day to day like my average days. I'd probably say I'm between 70 and 180. I don't think there's like too much between every day, but there's been like outlier days no, that have been kind of scary. Would you be interested in picking through that for a minute with me or do you want to, or do you not care like ab- uh, about the lows? Um, go for it. Okay. So here's what I would say. If you are experiencing lows that are happening after meals, but, mm-hmm. but your blood sugar is not going much over 180, then my question would be to you, how f- soon before you eat, do you pre bolus or do you not? I don't generally pre-bolus. I've tried to incorporate that. Um, I just don't eat on a reliable schedule mm-hmm. <laughs> enough to do that. And I, I don't decide to eat until I'm eating generally. Um, and those episodes that I was talking about weren't really after meals. Um, they were different times. Ca- yeah, it was kind of like late at night um, studying that I just bottomed out. Um, probably stress more than anything else um, if, affecting if, that. You know, so that's incredibly interesting because because I was just, I, I was messaging with another person last night whose blood sugar was going up while they were studying in college. So, yeah. um, so is it possible that when you're really sitting down and hunkered down and studying for long periods of time that you forget to eat while you're doing that? Oh, most certainly. That happens, right? <laughs> and then yes. you sort of forget about diabetes. Yeah. I guess, right? Yes. Um, and I will tell you that I'm quite the opposite every time, like, like when people get sick, they usually go high. I always drop low, um, no matter what, I'm always low when I'm sick. Um, so when I'm stressed out, I go really low and I've talked to other people who said they always go high. So, and that's something, and, but you were saying that when you got adrenaline, when you were running, your blood sugar would go up, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. You're just a conundrum. Uh, yes. Arden, when Arden is sick, not like, well, I guess sick in general. She doesn't get ill that often, but when she does, mm-hmm. her blood sugar definitely stays on the lower side mm-hmm. during that time. So it feels like free food days. Yeah. Of course, the joke is you're not that hungry because you're sick. No. You know. Um, okay. So because what I would, you know, what I would say is that any really kind of crazy lows that you can't that you can't figure out, right? Like, you know, you seem like you figured out what those lows came from. There's extended amounts of time where you just kind of stop thinking about diabetes, probably didn't eat as enough and bang, you start yeah. getting low. Um, yeah. And you don't have, you're not wearing a glucose monitor. So if you're drifting right. low, that's not going to make Teddy say something, right? Like if you're going right. down like two points every 20 minutes, 
No, he won't alert to that. He's not going to alert to that. And then all of a sudden you're going to hit an actual low and maybe then Mm -hmm. start falling. And then he's going to be like, hey, lady. And by then you're you're where you're at. Um, I always think of it as most times, like you said, not all the time. But as an unbalancing of of insulin, like at some point you have insulin that's active mm-hmm. and there's nothing, whether it's food, carbs, or body function to hold up that, you know, to combat that insulin, I guess, for mm-hmm. the lack of a better word. So yeah. my thought was if you're pre, if you're not pre-bolusing, but you're not spiking crazy, right? then you're putting enough insulin up front to stop that spike. But it's then becomes unbalanced when later the food through your system doesn't need the insulin anymore, but your insulin's still behind. It still remains. And okay. th- right. And then you get, you know, all that's oh. left is the insulin in your body. Right. And mm-hmm. so by putting it in a little sooner, you not only stop the spike, but you create a balance where the insulin's not so left over by itself at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you could put in the tiniest bit of insulin a couple minutes sooner. Like, yeah. Like it, it, it takes away from how much you have to use in the moment. Yeah. But, but anyway. The, the times that I've tried pre-bolusing, I've done partial boluses to where I, I knew I was going to eat at least 35 carbs. Mm-hmm. So I put in like a unit or two. Right. And that works out? Mm-hmm. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of that, actually. I, I love yeah. that idea. Okay. All right. So... 38 minutes and 55 seconds later, I forget why you wanted to be on the podcast. Can you tell me, please? Before I get into the Omnipod ad proper, let me tell you that if you're using the Omnipod Dash, Omnipod has just released companion apps for the Dash. That's right, Omnipod Display and Omnipod View apps are now available for iOS in the App Store. Go check them out. The rest of this ad, of course, is for the rest of you who are still considering getting an Omnipod. I absolutely maintain that the best way to decide if Omnipod is right for you is to try a pod experience kit. Let them send you a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod. This way you can wear it or put it on your child and see what you think. After that, it's a simple process to continue on and get your Omnipod if you decide you like it. And if you don't want to, it's no big deal. Omnipod's not going to bug you or pressure you. It's completely up to you. What you want to do is go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, fill in the tiniest bit of information, and this is going to get the process started for you. It's very simple. Again, there's no cost and no obligation. There really is nothing to lose. Once you get an Omnipod and you start wearing it, I think you're going to find that the freeing nature of no tubing and not having to carry a device on you is going to be amazing. Additionally, those of you coming from MDI are going to find incredible freedom in being able to temp basil, extend your boluses, and just do all the other terrific things that Omnipod allows. It would be hard for me to quantify the impact that Omnipod has had on my daughter's life, but it is immense, and I think it could help you too. Don't wait another second. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox with links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. I started listening to you and I I just really loved what you were doing and I wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> well, that is so nice. And so are you do you fall more on the side? I find that people either really enjoy the podcast because of the management stuff, or mm-hmm. they really enjoy the community aspect, or they just love hearing other people who have diabetes because they don't have that. What part of it really kind yeah. of grabbed you? 
I love being a part of the diabetes community. Um, there's, I don't know very many diabetics in my like real life, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love being a part of the online community and things like that. How do you do that? Is it on Instagram? I do a lot on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Well, you got the cute dog and you're younger. Yeah. So I guess yeah. Instagram. Plus well, I, <laughs> I mainly look and follow people. I don't really do much of my own stuff. <laughs> oh, no kidding. So you're, you're more of a, oh, that's great. So you just sort of get your, I guess, information or inspiration from the other people who are sharing, mm-hmm. but you, you're not out there creating your content. Right. Good for, and, and is this your first try into the like into finding community online or have you it done is, other things in the past this is the first time i've ever been active myself like with talking with you um but i've read a lot of stuff on instagram and facebook and things like that for quite a while but this is the first so right now the thing we're doing now where i'm making fun of your parents for having so much sex and being <laughs> tired and all this stuff this is the first thing you've done yeah oh, i'm so sorry i would have been nicer had i known that it's all right <laughs> um so funny. Uh, and, and you just wanted to do that because you enjoyed the podcast and you wanted to add to it. Yes. Well, I'm very touched by that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a little less touched by it because you're so incredibly nice that it <laughs> seems to me like obvious that you were going to do something nice after you had this experience, but still I'm very touched. Oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm being, my, my Northeast sarcasm isn't allowing it to come through, <laughs> but, but I really, I really mean that. Like that's, wonderful to think that something impacted you that way mm-hmm. that took you from a, a spot of like inactivity about you know sharing to, mm-hmm. to actually wanting to share do you have something specific you wish the world knew um not really i just i'd like to encourage parents just i mean your kids will be okay um my mom raised me in tight control of my diabetes and i don't hate her i love her for it so there's right ways and wrong things, right ways and wrong ways to do things. Like my mom never told me no when I asked. Like when I asked for a cookie, she didn't tell me no. She'd say, yes, you can have one. Just go run five laps around the house. So, yeah. I'd say like sometimes that. I say to Arden, like just pre-bowl us. And then she's like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. By the time you go get the food and get back to where you're sitting and do all that stuff, like just push the buttons now. Um, <laughs> and But I think your message is, is incredibly important because – I will do that too. I, I probably don't seem like from this podcast somebody who would do that, but I would. If I was having trouble with Arden's blood sugar, you know, if it was stuck somewhere, 160, mm-hmm. 180, and, I, and it, I couldn't get it to move, but mm-hmm. she said she was hungry, I wouldn't stop her from eating. Yeah. I might bolus like, you know, a bazooka's worth of, <laughs> of insulin, but I, yeah. I'm very frightened to cause uh, a food issue with Arden. Yeah. I, I very much don't want to do that. I'd rather see her blood sugar be higher than I want it to be than for her to have an adversarial relationship with food. Yeah. Or with her diabetes, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Right? For her to think of this diabetes as, you know, the reason why she can't eat. I'm now an extension of that if I'm the one saying no. Now I'm hurting our relationship. I'm hurting how she feels about, you know, diabetes, which is going to be with mm-hmm. her for, you know, forever. Yeah. And, and And then she hates food. Now I've got an angry... Yeah non-compliant, which I know everybody hates that word, but now I'm going to, one day I'll have an angry non-compliant <laughs> kid with a eating disorder, right? Yeah. Like, right. Because I just couldn't be like, all right, fine. Let your blood sugar be high this one time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's amazing. Also, your mother yeah. was raising an incredibly kind person. So 
which I think I don't I don't think you can give her complete. Is, is your mother this nice? Oh yes, yes. Oh, all right, so maybe it is her. I was going to say <laughs> like, maybe this isn't genetic. Maybe you're just like the anomaly. How about mm-hmm. anybody else? Any of the siblings? Yes. Are they yes, problem? You said the middle one's a problem, right? <laughs> he's just a hand. He has a lot of energy. He's very funny, um, but he's very well behaved and very very kind hearted as well. See, Caroline, I just realized as I said that. Your expectation of what a handful would be compared to mine, like I was thinking, what's he steal cars or something like oh, that? Oh no, like, no, no, no! He's just got a little bit of energy. <laughs> no, he's literally the clerk of our church. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so not a car thief, you're saying? No, not a car thief that you know of. Oh uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he was a car thief, would he be running around telling people? Probably not. I don't think so not. either. I think you're onto something. The kids. <laughs> Okay. Well, no. They're and you're all... not. Listen, let me just be clear. You're not afraid of something, right? Like the church hasn't like threatened you with like an oh. eternal damnation or anything like oh, that. No. The reason you're no, no, no. <laughs> no. You, no one's forcing you to tell you this. That, that's correct. You are not correct. These are your own thoughts. My own thoughts. Wow. Well, yeah. No kidding. I should be in South Carolina, except the humidity is terrible, right? Well, that's not something you can deal with. There's always nice people. How do you deal with humidity? Uh, you just tie your hair back. You don't wear it down a lot, which probably is not a problem for you. But for the girls, you just tie your hair back. That's Everybody's a- dealing with it, so you don't even hide inside. Like there's no like I don't know two month period where you just never get out of your house or anything. Like no, that. that's when that's when you're in the pool. So it's just like you're in the pool and you don't really worry about the humidity. You're already wet. <laughs> the humidity doesn't matter if you're in the pool, right? You're Correct. Oh, that's genius. Uh, <laughs> I want to know, I, I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but how do you uh-huh. plan on being a doctor if you don't particularly like technology? Well, I just don't like it for myself. I can do with, with other people. Okay. I oh, guess. Oh, oh, okay. So you don't have a problem. Like if you're using like something in a hospital and it's no. quirky, you're not going to be like, oh, forget this. We'll get a seeing healthy dog instead. Oh. <laughs> and like, and But those words all... All the words that I needed to say what I wanted to say left my brain at the same time. <laughs> no, I, I can work with technology. Um, I just, for myself, I would rather trust not technology. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I really do. I, 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 you know, I say it here a lot, but I, I, feel, I feel very much the same way. Like, I want something to come out of the box, do what it says it's going to do. Yep. I'm not looking yep. to make an adjustment to it. I don't want to download something. I don't want to have to learn something. I just want to push the button and make the magic. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking for. But if I said to you, hmm? Caroline, go ahead and get a CGM. It's going to be fine. Would you believe me? I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying, would you believe me? I might. You might. Um, I'm listening to your podcast. If I would have listened to it two years ago before I got Teddy, mm-hmm. um, I probably would have had more pros on my list for the um, CGM. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't picture myself with a dog, and I don't picture myself with another dog after him. So it might be a CGM for me after his warranty expires. Yeah, <laughs> which is now how I'm going to start talking about older people in my life. I'm gonna- <laughs> When, oh when their warranty expires, I wonder what we're going to do. So do you think it'll be an open casket warranty expiring or maybe a cremation warranty expiring? It's such a nicer way of saying it. It's not really. It's horrible. It's a, really, it's a horrible thing. 
I I can't believe of all the nice things you've said here. You've uh, said I, warranty expiring. I know. Yeah, in in relationship to your beautiful dog, I mean, he really is gorgeous. He has a oh. face that is like talking to me. It is. He's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. And nobody um, at school, nothing. Nobody's ever looked at you and been like, "Look, you with this dog, come on." It, it's um, no pushback. In in college, no. In high school, yes. <laughs> Because I did not of, have a great senior year with Teddy. Because the school was uncomfortable or the, the kids were? The people, like the faculty and stuff. I just had a problem with maybe a handful of kids who are like just bullies. So People. You know, it's yeah. easy to say people suck. It's not true. A lot, <laughs> but a lot of them are pretty sucky. No. But not I all had, of them. I had a wonderful school district like for most of my education in my my second and third grade years were not great. People didn't want to cooperate with my 504. But after that, I mean, my high school school nurse was amazing. Yeah. Um, but just a handful of bad apples. How do you deal? How'd you deal with that when somebody was giving you? I, I, I don't know what to say. When people were being like bullying towards you about about Teddy in in high school, like how do you handle that? on a personal level, like it, uh, psychologically, do you just, what do you do? Um, well, a couple, some people just, it would be like one or two comments and they were done. But this one person in particular, just, it was relentless. Um, and I was best friends with the nurse and the SRO, which is like the student resource officer. And so, um, I told them about it and he had to go to bully counseling, which sounds like really awful, but, um, yeah. And so it kind of stopped after that. But so, it didn't stick to you personally. You didn't feel bad about yourself or like you didn't do oh, a woe is me thing or the stupid diabetes. Look what it put me through. You didn't have any of those feelings? A little bit, um, but not any lingering feelings. I tend to look on the bright side of things. Yeah, I'm going to um, steal your blood while you're sleeping and put it in me and see if it makes me feel <laughs> that way about things because you might have the secret to life in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> being serious. Uh, it really... Yeah, we're gonna come to your room and take your blood later. Okay. Are you at school right now? Please give us your address. Don't. No, I'm uh, I'm on spring break, so oh. I'm not at school. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. What are your plans for? Are you doing anything, or are you just home? Um. Well, I'm actually a part of the Coraliers, which is the choir at my school, mm. and we um, went to Disney World this weekend, and then I went from Florida to Erskine in due west south carolina which is absolutely in the middle of nowhere um and then went to my home and then we went to charlotte and we're leaving charlotte today to go to charleston so a lot of travel i'm headed to florida in a couple of days myself my son's going on his spring break for college and he's on the baseball team so we're gonna go watch him play baseball where it's warm because right now it's like 23 degrees where i'm at yeah. yeah, it's really warm in Florida. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. I will take some of that. And there'll be no humidity because it's March. Is it March? January, February, March? March. It is. I'm not good with the months. Um, but I was, you know, I was saying to my wife the other night, I'm like, we have to move somewhere. Like, it needs to be warm, but not humid, um, which then popped into my head immediately, like northern Texas, <laughs> right? Like, am I right? I don't know about that. I've never been there. I'm just willing to move there if it's warm, doesn't get too cold in the mm-hmm. winter, and doesn't get humid. Well, South Carolina doesn't get too cold in the winter, but just spend your summers in the pool and you won't worry about humidity. Don't you get hit with like like uh, hurricanes sometimes? Um, sometimes. 
yeah. more recently in the past couple years, but I, my childhood, I didn't ever remember anything like that. So I have never made a pro and con list in my life, but if I were to make one, I'm going to put hurricanes on the con side. And yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they generally talk them up more than they are. It just so. looks wet. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, windy and wet, I'm already out. Um, now, Texas, like, I don't know. Like, are there going to be, like, giant spiders, like, you know, the yeah. ones you find in, like, Saudi Arabia there? Or, I don't know. You can tell I don't get away from home very often. So Maybe I, North Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. It's, no, I, no. I've seen it snow there sometimes. Yeah. I never want to see snow again. That's my goal. Oh, I love the snow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice and all, but... Um, I'm done. Like, I just, yeah. I walked outside today, uh, just before you and I got on, I was like, oh, let me take mm-hmm. the dogs out first and so they can be nice and comfortable while I'm talking to Caroline. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then they just didn't feel like coming back in right away. And I, uh, I had to walk six feet out my door to get them and thought I was going to die. So <laughs> I was just standing in the frigid cold, had a coat on begging the dogs. I, I look at them yeah. and I think, I know you don't speak English because I say <laughs> one of the dog's names and they both look now. If they really knew their names, wouldn't one of them not look up when they heard the dog's <laughs> name is my contention, right? So now I'm like, guys, yep. come on, you got, come on, come on, come on. And by the time it's over, Colin, this is me. I'm like, come on, get in there. Come on, get in there. Please, you're, you're, kill, you're killing. Now I'm yelling in my backyard. You're killing me. Why are you trying to kill me? Get in the house. Please get, please, please. Then one of them looks up and goes, oh, look at that poor guy. I'll go in. And he starts wandering in. Then I think, oh, the other one will like see that happening and fop. No, that doesn't happen. Then the begging starts over for the other one. And you're like, come on, please, 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 please. Then they get in the house and I stand there for a couple of seconds and I take a deep breath. And I remember the happiest day of my life. It was the day right before we got dogs. And I didn't have to take them outside in the freezing cold. Now, if it was warm outside, I wouldn't have felt like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Northern Texas. My- yeah, my my largest experience with snow it was like maybe three inches on the ground. So oh, so you've never seen snow? I I've see. seen snow. <laughs> three inches of it. You've never really seen snow until you looked outside and thought, if I shovel this once an hour for twenty four hours, maybe we'll be able to get out of this house. Oh my like, gosh, that's no. the feel, that, and that happens sometimes where you're just like, you go outside, clear off an entire like pathway, your driveway, whatever it is, and by the time you get inside. And can feel like the tips of your toes again. It's time yeah. to shovel again. No, I've never experienced that. Have you ever looked up and wind hit you in the face and it made <laughs> you not able to breathe? I can't say that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really think we need your input on this snow thing. Right? Okay. Caroline. I think we found something where we, 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 we think maybe you don't know what you're talking right. about. So right. um, the cold sucks, Caroline. Okay. And yes. anybody who can live in the snow is weird or has been brainwashed in there. I've said it. Okay. <laughs> So all of you people up in the Northeast, like even higher than me, are like, I live in Minnesota. I'm like, shut up. Okay. We all (laughs) wish we lived somewhere warmer. Don't lie. Um, That's my contention. I'm sticking to it right now. Um, Okay. So you go answer a couple of questions for me. When you're away at college, how often do you see the endocrinologist? Just when you come home or do you do something there? um, Every three months still. Do you have to come home to do that or do you accomplish that at school? Do um, I have to come home for that. It's only, it's about three hours. Okay. So. Okay. So you actually, you, you make us like a, an allotment for that. You drive I home, do. see the endo. Um, do you have, do you actually go in and say, Hey, here's what's going on in my life. Can you help me make adjustments or where are you at after this many years with diabetes? So I, um, just got kicked out of my pediatrics 
um, endocrinology office, and it it was really sad. Um, so I've only seen my adult endocrinologist once, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw her over Christmas break. So um, I was really nervous going into that because yeah. I di- I've not heard good things about adult endos, um, just because they're mainly type 2 focused and other things and aren't really concerned about um, juvenile diabetes. So I went in and um, I didn't even get a physical exam and that was really off-putting for me. Um, and it just, she was impressed. Like she asked me to change a basal rate and I changed it in like five seconds and she was waiting for me to hand my pump over to her. And I was like, no, ma'am, I can do this myself. And she was like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm so impressed. Like how adept you are with that. And I was like, are we in the right office? Like, yeah, what is this? That's a problem for <laughs> so, you. So, um, yeah, I haven't really been too impressed with them so far. Um, mm. I was expecting a lot more than I got. So I would think that it's very telling about the state of how doctors, some doctors talk to people that the ability to take your pump and change your basal rate was like yeah. life changing for her. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> like, I think it's possible that everyone who goes and sees her is in trouble. Uh, because that really, and by the way, it, unless you're five minutes into this, if you don't know how to change your basal rates by now, please, please go Learn. to the manual and figure out how to do it. Um, you know, you should have a little more control. You shouldn't be waiting every three months to hand your pump back to somebody and go, Oh, you know, great and powerful Oz. Can you please show me how to make my basal yeah. rate lower or higher or something like that? Right. Yeah, I get you. That's not good. Plus, now you have to write two endocrinologists, which is going to be more of your free time. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll write her. Oh, excellent. Oh, no, I've only seen her once. So. What about the one you just left, though, the pediatric one? Oh, yeah. I don't know her address. She was. I, I really liked her as well. But not enough to write. Mm, Interesting. I've, don't know her at. She moved to Charlotte, and I'm in Charlotte. Maybe I could track her down. I don't Just know. Scream out the window until somebody arrests you, <laughs> or if she's <laughs> Yeah, I, so, maybe. There's a crazy person yelling their doctor's name, <laughs> and then when they find you, and they realize you just wanted to find her address so that you could. They might her a nice take note. me to the doctor. They might think it's a psychologist or something. Uh, I hear what you're getting at. All yeah. right. So okay. So when you finish this schooling up in three years, you're yeah. going to have to go on to medical school. Right. Do you have um, goals for what? place that is or is you going to go with whoever takes you in or, um, or realistically whoever takes me in uh, my like ultimate dream would be oxford um i don't think that's very attainable but i do have a picture taped of oxford to my of oxford taped to my wall just because it's gorgeous there and i just love london and europe and a, um, and a, good, goal, and a darn good goal to have too and i think if yeah. you, i think you know it's funny it's funny you said that as we're approaching an hour um, mm-hmm. I just got done saying to my daughter and one of her friends the other night that you'd be surprised that just wanting something and working towards it is most of it, yeah. you, you know, is most of getting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I said, I think I said to her at the time, like, don't get me wrong. Like you can't just, you know, want to be a brain surgeon. It, yeah. it, you know, it's not like, you, you know, you can't have your vision wall and, and not know algebra and right. say, I'm going to, I'm really, I'm going to be a brain surgeon. I swear to God, I put three pictures taped up on my wall about it. But I mean, <laughs> things that fit you and are obtainable, getting to those things is mostly just the decision to do it. You, you know, it, it really is. Like I can sit around and josh around about, you know, wanting to live in North Texas, which I don't know if I want to or don't. But make no mistake, I could put my house up on the market, find a job, and move. It's I, we could do that, you, you, you know. So I just I'm a big fan of of going after things. I I don't think you can't go to Oxford. 
I don't I don't see why that would be. <laughs> Unless you're dumb. <laughs> I, I hope I hope not. <laughs> you really I, don't I, seem like you are. I don't think you're hanging on by a thread in your biology major, is what I'm saying. No. I graduated top top sixteen of my high school class. So. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> I um was glad that my high school did not rate us because I was afraid. No, they like where, like, I didn't know. Or maybe I just ignored it because I was scared to find out. I forget it was a really long time ago. But I, um, I, got, to, I got a diploma like everybody else. So I'm just the smartest, the smartest person there. My mom told me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big deal at our high school, what your ranking was. Yeah. I think I was 14. Wow. That's pretty great. How many kids were there? Not 15, right? Or more? <laughs> no. Um, around 200, I believe. Wow. That is really impressive. My and, sister was like six. So uh, ruining it's not everything. as impressive when okay. you know that. Well, she didn't have diabetes. Well, no. There's a lot <laughs> she didn't have to do. And plus, nobody was giving her, you know, a problem about her dog in her senior year, too. You were clearly deserved 10 points just, <laughs> just for the other <laughs> things you have to accomplish. <laughs> Caroline, you are absolutely delightful. I'm incredibly happy that you decided to make this podcast your first kind of foray into sharing with the. With, you well, know, I'm with the very girl. glad you had me. Are you kidding me? How could I not? <laughs> I didn't even know all the amazing things about you, and you still seemed amazing when we were talking. Originally, <laughs> so I'm right in on this. Have we forgotten? Is there anything you want to say that I haven't thought to ask you about? Um. Just to get a 504 for your kid if you don't have one, like for schooling and stuff, 504s are very important. I relied on that heavily. Yep, I agree. I think Changed that, my life. I think that having it in writing is important, mm -hmm. but I think what's more important is the overall feeling that the school has once it's in writing that they have to do what's in there. It doesn't have to be an adversarial conversation. You don't have to be in right. a fight, but it is helpful for them to feel like, oh, we have to do this because I'm telling you the otherwise it falls out of people's heads. They don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, when you actually really need something badly, they have a lot of leeway to tell you no, if you don't have a 504 plan. So yeah, if you don't know right. what a 504 plan is, figure it out. Um, there's an episode about it in the podcast. There's my artist yeah. 504 is available to download on my blog. Um, yeah. but yeah, take it from somebody who knows, Caroline knows having a good having a good 504 plan make your life a lot easier. And yes. do you have one still at college? Um, it's not called a 504. It's called academic accommodations, um, and um, they're a little bit different. Um, it's not you don't get as much, but I do have them. Cool. I mean, it gets you like a bigger room for your dog, right? That kind of yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was just for the sense. dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I really? kind I was friends, not friends, but I talked with the. Um, resident director over the summer and things like that. So putting a little extra effort in to make sure the things were going to go your way. Yes. Yes. Boy, there's a, a lesson in that too. Don't just sit back and hope, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, seriously. A lot of people do. A lot of people go, oh, this will work out. Then it doesn't work out. Like, Can you believe this? <laughs> you got to put effort into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw somebody complaining online the other day. They're like, I think they, they ordered pump supplies or CGM supplies or something like that. And they're like, I've been waiting for a month and they didn't show up. And so finally I called and I said, where's my stuff? And they said, oh, we had to cancel that order. And this person's like ranting and raving about the company. And this is so, un blah, blah, blah. but they didn't get the 
prescription done correctly. So the person got a prescription, sent it to the company. It wasn't the correct prescription. The company probably should have gotten back to them sooner and said, hey, by the way, your prescription's not right. But just, you know, sat around, didn't do anything about it. And then once they ran out of their supplies, we're like, this is your fault. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you got to be a little involved, don't you? You you know, like like a little bit. Yeah. And so I like that idea. I like the idea of you like getting out ahead of it and trying to, you know, saying, look, I'm going to need a bigger space. And who do I talk mm-hmm. to to make that happen? You are yeah. way mature. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, tell your parents I said good job because okay. seriously, even if your other four brothers and sisters are just complete losers, you are such a, <laughs> you're such a win that, I mean, I think they still won. Do you think any, I'm going to ask this question before we go. And I think I know what you're going to say, but are you your parents' favorite or do they have a favorite? They, okay. That's, that's the question. That's the question. Um, so they do not claim to have favorites, but all of my sisters have decided that it's my brother. The one in the middle. Yes. For not being a twin. They feel bad for him. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you, everybody loves him. Like when you meet him, you just immediately love him. So it's like understandable. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like this. I think <laughs> that I think that I think this is unfair. I think you're obviously should be the favorite. I mean, I haven't <laughs> spoken to the other four yet, but you're my odds-on bet. I'm they're they're gems. I'll tell you, they're gems. Oh please, you you had me back when you said you would eat celery. I was like, <laughs> I was like any kid who's like I'm hungry, but you know my blood sugar so celery, and and, and didn't complain. I'm going to need a signed affidavit from your mother um, (laughs) saying that you didn't complain about the salary. I will get that for you. Thank you very much. I (laughs) really desire that. (laughs) I really appreciate you coming on and doing this, Caroline. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much, Caroline, for coming on the show and sharing your life with type 1 diabetes with everyone. Thank you also to Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes for being sponsors. Again, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box or dancing the number four diabetes.com to find out more. I've also put links right in the player, right in your podcast player there in the show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. It seems like the first of you who ordered new Juicebox Podcast merchandise have started to receive it. I'm starting to see pictures online. Thank you very much for doing it. Anyone else who's interested can go to juiceboxpodcast.com and just scroll down to merch. Lots of uh, lots of good stuff to choose from. Last thing, the giveaway celebrating 1 million downloads of the podcast is still going on. You can still enter absolutely for free with nothing to do. You just click to enter. It's again at juiceboxpodcast.com. Just scroll down. Until you see the giveaway banner and click on it, there's over 1,500 entries right now. You can enter up until August 31st, 8.59 p.m. Pacific time, it looks like. No, wait, Eastern time. Ah, that would be midnight, Eastern time. Okay, okay, August 31st, 2019, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time is the last time you can enter. There's some really good stuff here. Bunch of swag and giveaway stuff. One great item from myabetic.com, some bold with insulin t-shirts. There's a lot. Go check the whole thing out. You'll see what's there.